I'll sip my peachy beer. Uh, that's it's actually a peach flavored beer, not uh, not peachy. Yeah, yeah, it's actually. Yeah, it's not saying. <laughs> and the fact it's called Golden Glory doesn't uh, doesn't sound uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Invoking both golden showers and glory holes. Which is, uh, Are you sure that's beer you're drinking? It's rather tan in colour. <laughs> it's a bit a tan to it. Sponsored by George Michael? What? <laughs> George Michael's golden shower bitter. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, wait, we need wait, to do a, wait, wait to a drink. Before I was just about to start going. Uh, okay. Hello. Like uh, the introduction. Right. When really, you Becca. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Hello. Uh, welcome to a comedy track of "Do You Expect Us to Talk?" featuring myself, Chris, and uh, my fellow uh, hosts, uh, Dave and Rebecca. Uh, we're also uh, second time we've done this for a commentary. Uh, we have a guest, uh, Charlie Brigden. Yay. Hi. Oh, you're going to round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, we, we didn't say hello either, so how would Charlie know to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stony silence from us, and then we all pause waiting for Charlie to, like, fucking regale us. I, I, I thought I'd give you know, Charlie special treatment because he's guest. Yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And, uh, yeah, and um, say hi, back on Dave. Hi. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, what film are we commentating today? This is our first Star Trek. Uh, well, as you're waking up words, we're commenteering on, <laughs> commenteering. <laughs> on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. All that mention of salon quality hair during the last episode. We just salon quality hair. Well, I did say that, admittedly. But at least yeah. it was only in the final cut, so no one will have heard it. Um, and, <laughs> and we shall be looking out for Ted Danson falling off his chair. Mm. It was Snowden as well. Yeah. Edward Snowden, uh, see if anyone has a dry wine spitzer. Uh, obviously, Bourbon Biscuits, the official biscuit of Juice Better's to talk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, Charlie, you haven't done a commentary with us before. Obviously, I doubt you've listened to any either. So you, you're going to have to up your level of analysis because we take these very seriously. <laughs> I've I've listened to a couple and I know you're having a barefaced lie right now. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I can lower my tone just enough for these. We we managed to explain how uh, James Bond, uh, you know, got uh, Pussy Galore to help him. That was that sort of analysis. I remember a reference to my beard in one of these as well. Um, really. <laughs> I forgot that. I think the spy who loved me. Oh, that was a brilliant commentary. That oh, one. Yeah, that one. We enjoyed that it, one. It, it, it did. It did end with allusions to grabbing your beard and giving it Riz. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember how that came up. Now, to be honest See, with you. See, the thing about that commentary is all I remember about it was like laughing my ass off consi- consistently. Uh, mm. Dry wine spritzer and <laughs> and go go just like and just sperm just behind the desk. You know, that kind of joke. So, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Our soberest of analysis aside. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Okay, start so, okay. Uh, for those who want to join us, we're on the Blu ray edition. Uh, three of us are on the sort of original Blu ray release from 2009. Uh, Charlie has the director's 
addition, but it does branch, so he's going to be selecting the theatrical cut. So, as always, with Blu-ray, you've got that horrible problem if you're not on Blu-ray and you're in Europe of power speed up. Mm. So you may end up going a bit faster than us. That's really fun if you work on film soundtracks, I'm sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so Chris is going to count us in. We're on the play screen. Yeah. We're ready to sort of go. So, so just whenever. play whenever I, when I go on free. Okay, so one, two, and three. So we're starting. We've got that. There's the uh, the big mountain, or as we like to call it, the Paramount logo. Yes, <laughs> I got from Western Company. Yeah. I think you know Alan Jones anyway. always used to sort of blend it into like the the film. Has any other films yeah. done that other than Indiana Jones? What would they have transitioned to, Spock's ear? No, I'm not, talking, I'm not, I'm not saying in, in Star Trek, but in just in general other films. Oh, I don't I'm, know. I'm sure other films have, but funny enough, in the trailer for the motion picture, um, what happened was the, the 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 mountain faded out, and the the uh, the semicircle of stars was matched by another semicircle to make it a full circle, which then turned into a kind of warp effect. Oh right. Yeah. Cool. Um, you could have had the, uh, the Federation badge as well. That could have, like, you know. Possibly, yeah. Um, just going past there, the fanfare, um, obviously, very much a statement of intent of uh, kind of bringing back a bit of the original series, uh, given that it wasn't actually used anywhere in Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah. I think it always goes really well with the Paramount logo. Yeah. Just as the stars come on. Okay, there isn't much to commentate on at the moment because no, it goes it's, on for ages and it's it, Starfield and a load of names. And space. Yes. And James Horner's beautiful music. Which, yeah, yeah, which we're not which we're not <laughs> listening to. <laughs> of course. We had this problem with um we had this problem with On a Majesty's Secret Service all the way through it. We're just going, got it on mute. So imagine it in our minds. Yeah, but that was a fairly decent commentary, that wasn't it? If I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Um, Chris, could you, sing, could you sing the theme tune for Wrath of Khan? I don't know. Um, <laughs> does anyone actually want me to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> Chris, we'd always want you to sing. <laughs> Give it a try. Voice of an angel. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not really, that's not really like singing. I did the Spectre theme. <laughs> it's amazing. It's such a... For such a that quality, that's nothing like Rathokan. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's me doing Spectre. Yeah, no, that was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you give us written warnings so we can, like, so Chris can spot them. <laughs> I actually thought my initial Spectre was better than uh, Sam Smith, to be honest with you, but. Is like Sam Smith's here in the room? Or not? Yeah, thanks, Becca. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just I've just seen where what the limitations of commentating on a Superman film would be. Yeah, it'll be like, uh, more <laughs> space. Oh dear. Anyway, in the twenty third century. Dot dot dot. If you were to commentate on a Superman film, which one would it be? Four. Yeah, I was thinking. Worst one. <laughs> of course. Short evenings work as well, given it was butchered. I think I think the second one would be good because it's half great, half terrible. Yeah, it is. So it's, it's a nice balance of taking the piss and actually appreciating it as a film. Yeah. 
And of course, you got the first one where Superman takes the Toy Town. Oh, there's Kirsty Alley in the chair. No, showing Ted Dance and how it's done. Yeah, so what I was going to say, would we do, when we come to uh, Superman 2, would how we handle the Donner Cut? Or would, would we uh, consider that? We'd have to, probably have to do the original. I don't I mean, I've got both, so I'll watch both. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we'd review, basically, to have seen the Donner Cut, unless you've got some sort of download, um, you've got to have probably bought the box set anyway. Most people would be familiar with the theatrical cut. Mm. Um, I don't think there's enough different. There are a lot of differences, but there's not enough to justify two episodes. Yeah. So. No, no, absolutely. But it would um, be a good um, debate. Basically, as usual, it falls under that's Dave's job. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do a shitload of prep and listen to the commentaries for two films. Well, it's, it's yeah, because because it's so different because the kind of the Donner cut kind of went on a bit. And not not just kind of doing what it may be, kind of improving an existing film, but kind of went on and did the film as if it was supposed when it was supposed to be done um, originally, where it began. And we lost Charlie there, but we lost Charlie. We'll be back in a moment, yeah. I'm sure. So uh, back uh, to Star Trek. <laughs> so it's one of the downsides of commentaries, I'm afraid. Uh, you do get these problems, so he may drop out or be have to be sort of called back in, but we'll, we'll figure it out. What we're watching now is the Kobayashi Maru. Those of you who are watching along with us, not as familiar with this film, you'll have seen it in the 2009 film, done hideously badly. Um, so, yeah, let me just see if I can get our Charlie to that. Hang on a moment. No, he's not showing for a minute. Uh, we'll get him back. We'll get him back, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I, I love this one, like, you know, these random, like, precise explosions just kill everyone randomly, just, like, one by one. Yeah. It's always, like, yeah, some, it's a weird this trope that films have, isn't it, when, like, when people have to die one by one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're on, we're on, we, we, we sort of, you dropped out there, Charlie, and we actually yeah. went to the film we're watching, strangely enough, which controversial, Fiona, we're talking about how um, the, the precision, it. We're, we're talking about um, precision explosions, right, and okay. we are on, you'll have to catch up with, that's the problem with commentaries, they, we have to deal with all the flaws as we go along, I'm coming okay. up to 6 minutes and 15 now. Okay, um, I'm just on a bit where... When you get closer, we'll, I'll tell you where we are again. Dr. McCoy just died. Yeah, 6.25. Basically, <laughs> we've just dead, had... Jim. Yeah, we've just had <laughs> we've just had the heroic chat entrance. And that's not an eight reference. Do you reckon he's wearing a girdle? Yes, of course he <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> That's just struck me as funny. You, you know they always say to like calm yourself down at a job interview. Imagine they're all naked. Yeah. <laughs> number of interviews I've had to arrange, you know, explain away my erection. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of pictured Shatner in just a girdle. Oh. Imagine everybody in their underwear. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just enjoying the uh, the acting mate that is Shatner. That's his best. 
Yeah. Um, would you George say this Lucas is his best the... performance? He oh, really is great in this film. He is great in this film. Yes, before he kind of descends into self-parody, really. At what point does the toupee come in? That's what I want to know. What do you mean, at what point? <laughs> <laughs> what, because you think that's his real hair there? No, but I'll, I'll, I'll never know, because like, at what point did the toupee come in? Was it what, by the time the films, or did he have... He was wearing it. It's strongly... I think, I think that the, his hair in the original series is mm. kind of like his real hairstyle, but it is augmented by a wig. I think that's a wig then, because there are shots from a year or two before where his hair is noticeably thinner than that. So I think he's all he's worn a wig all the time we've known him. That's amazing. But I love the fact that he's it's, walking it's around. Like Sean Connery, really, isn't it? Exactly. He, he's walking. He's walking around with a poodle on his head, and Chris goes, "At what point does the wig come in?" <laughs> I don't know. His... It does look like a like a wig. It's quite obvious. I'm I'm really crap at rehearsed at uh, you know two pays you know. I imagine Donald Trump's got like a. I, I, I can't wait for this next week. He'll be looking at. We'll be watching Generations, and he'll sort of go. So um, when does Patrick Stewart start losing his hair then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen him anything, well, much else outside of Trek. So I'm trying to think. Of, hmm. TJ Hooker. Oh no no um no sorry Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart I meant sorry yeah. Um, I'm Claudius. X Men. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, X Men. Oh, yeah. Obviously, um, I think where, where, where he isn't where he isn't bald. He has hair, hair and eye Claudius. Oh, um, I see that. He's an he had, yeah, and June. He had sort of hair in June, but it was still mostly bald with a little kind of long bit at the back. I've never seen June. That's my confession. I have to watch it. I read the book, but I've not seen the film. No. The party at the back probably gets you really up for it, though. <laughs> I have never seen. <laughs> the thing about uh, Patrick Stewart is he just he doesn't look right unless he's bold. You know what I mean? He's like you imagine like he was bold ever since he was twelve. Well, I think he was about nineteen when he started losing his hair. What is it with bones? No wonder I thought he was the drunk doctor. He's permanently trying to get everyone pissed. He is. Well, the, He's the, like, go on, have some of this. Well, this is kind of like, a, a, almost like a trope itself, like uh, Kirk and Bones like having a drink together. Like um, a Discussing, because this happens in um, the last one, Beyond. They're all like drinking Romulan and Ale, then... Um, then uh, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a tired joke. Joke now, isn't it? In Star Trek, the whole Romulan and Ale thing. It is really because it, it happens in six as well, and kind you of even every see now and then. Nemesis, where um, they're at oh, like a, a wedding. Like a wedding. You see, you just see Worf like clearly got a Romulan Ale hangover. Yeah, which kicks doesn't, in about two sips into drinking he, it. I think he says something like, "It should be illegal." Yeah, it and is. then Rocky Goldberg says, "It is," which is like, "Aren't then, we a bunch of dangerous rebels?" And then somewhere we see Will Wheaton's arm yeah Will Wheaton would, did film a scene and they cut it down to like yeah. one shot <laughs> so now they're going to romance by the fire he's, he's, he's already like touching his head he's a bit like oh. a bit itchy this so is this all meant to be in back on earth the, yeah this is this yeah, is, yeah, his, yeah. This is his quarters at sort of Starfleet well, Starfleet and Command and Academy are both in San Francisco anyway. They're probably in the same building. Why did they so, choose San Francisco? Was there a particular reason or just thought, oh, that would be nice? 
just might make the whole centre of the world at San Francisco. I, don't know, um, I guess because maybe it's the hot, the heavy kind of naval influence. I don't I, know. I guess that's part of it, and I guess also it's quite easy to just show the Golden Gate Bridge and you know where you are. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas the Manhattan skyline will look very, very different in three, mm. two, three centuries' time. And there's a whole kind of thing about the enterprise being built at the San Francisco shipyards and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. very much. Well, I never knew that fun fact. Actually, I think it was built in space. This version of it, I think it was built. I forget where it was now. Listeners will probably be able to tell us. Obviously, the um, in the reboot, it was Iowa. Just so you know, Kurt could pop by and have a look at it. <laughs> Are you writing <laughs> just like Star Wars? Yeah. Um, I have to look that up because well. I was sure that that there was something about the original Enterprise. Obviously, before it got refit, mm. um, was maybe built in San Francisco and then maybe assembled in space. Possibly. Uh, Space Google. Or, uh, obviously, Memory Alpha. (laughs) (laughs) So this this is the Reliant, which obviously will play a big part in this film. That is the Enterprise set, just redressed. Just I never. I always. I'm always intrigued by the term redressed. Because mm. how far do you have to redress it to look complete for it not to be the same set? I mean, it's not like this version of it's just got a pair of Y fronts on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose this lighting, color. Yeah. Are the, uh, I guess the important things is because it, it's amazing how different you can the same things can be just with with different lighting. Definitely. In fact, that, I was quite surprised when we watched six last week, that um, the observation lounge was so obviously the observation lounge. Mm. Um, because quite often you can't tell, well, oh, that's just a redress of the set. And you look at it and you think, is it? A lot of the time. So anyway. But they do a good job because you never really know. And plus any similarities, you think, well, it's a, it's a Federation starship. So there's going to be like some similarities anyway. So... Mm. Mm. If Orky, if Orsi and Kurtzman had done a pass at this script, do you think Shatner would have had like a fucking like um, a pullover wrapped around his shoulders just to really fucking foreshadow it's his dad? <laughs> <laughs> and David's going, but we've got to protect Genesis. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd rather Orsi had nothing to do with Star Trek ever again. I don't again. want Orsi to have anything to do with <laughs> anything I like. No, he's a talentless hack. <laughs> And a 911 truther as well to that. Yeah. Ah, so yeah. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Yes. Which may, that in itself makes you watch Into Darkness in a slightly different light. Sure. Yeah, he, th- he, he thinks he's making some grand fucking statement rather than Star- shite. Starship, Starship fuel cannot melt steel beams. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because they come out of the ground looking like that, you know. Oh, you see that? <laughs> so the destruction of San Francisco, that's meant to be like a... Like... Uh, sim- symbolize 9-11 kind of thing. Kind of. Hmm. And it was all done by the government. Yeah. Robocop. Yeah, plain Robocop. Poor Robocop. Yeah. And Robocop was, of course, done by private business. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, this film is noticeably a lot cheaper. That is not a wonderful windswept effect, there, is it? Yeah, and again, they're wearing old, old uniforms from uh, from the motion picture. The yeah. space. Oh yeah. Which will kind of make sense. You think they'd sort of have some sort of like you know continuity in yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Exa- exactly. Yeah. yeah. And plus, also those handles are. Quite good for picking up, you know, check off, you know. Yeah, that's what I know. I've always thought that. <laughs> yeah. It's like perfectly designed just to, like, you know, intimidatingly fr- pick up. <laughs> really, there should be fucking hundreds of children there. Because there's fuck all to do in there all night. <laughs> Depends what the food source is. Well, maybe all those, like, um, all those other. Uh, Minions are like children, just look like really sort of, you know. Yeah, maybe everyone else is Khan's kids. Yeah. We did, we did, we did point that out that he could have had all his children with um, MacGyver. Yeah, <laughs> MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, which you would think, Mac- you would think, with his ingenuity, you'd be able to get off this planet. The cabbage and some tape or something like that. They're really basic material. I love the fact that he's he's managed to fashion like a mirror there. That's quite handy. Yeah. With his, you know, saloon quality. (laughs) Saloon quality. (laughs) You know, all the the books here as well. Yeah, it's a good reference, I think. Okay. Yes, Chekhov, Botany Bay. Botany Bay? What are the chances? What are the chances? What are the chances? You're on the botany Botany Bay and your favourite book is Moby Dick. (laughs) 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 What does that tell you? That means you're screwed. Oh, dear. I do like this image, though. Oh, what was them all kind of lined yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it is a really visually striking film, actually. Then mm. there's Richard Clayderman looking... looking. <laughs> Richard Clayderman. <laughs> at, least the, at least the Jawas have put on a bit of weight. Yeah. I think they, they must have had excellent craft services on these sets. They were all getting kind of bigger. <laughs> So he takes off. It's quite quite designery looking gloves there. The idea behind a lot of their wear is that they've like made they've, they they fashioned it out of what they can get, so it's made out of furniture and bits of the ship and all that sort of thing. It's like, almost like kind of Star Warsy looking, but. Hmm. This was before Michael Jackson went to one glove. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard it here first. Khan is the father of modern pop. <laughs> Did we get explained why like he's got one glove on the hand? Is it like damaged or something? Or um, he just thought it was the right thing to do. The director. It, he doesn't really have an explanation for it, but he talks about how he doesn't have an explanation for it. It's just something An he, air of that sort mystery. of came. It just came to him on the sort of set. But yeah, if you look at his son, the one who's closest to the screen there, you could think that that sort of jacket he's wearing is almost fashioned out of like a seat yeah. or something like that. And I think that's the idea. You're quite Although, appropriate I, considering it's all just... Having said that, when you see the original Botany Bay in Space Seed, 
it does just appear to be a load of like pods and that's it. Because as I recall, Spock lets them out and then he gets a blowjob. Oh no, that's a porn parrot. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's an alternate film. Yeah. It doesn't leave us in such suspense as to whether MacGyver's really likes him, though. <laughs> and frankly, I think they abuse the hospitality because they're fucking in, like, Bones' fucking medical quarters and stuff. <laughs> I just think that's just rude. I was about to say, I wrote a stiffly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. I always like, I've always liked this thing. It's, it's just his monologue. It's just like so. Having weird. said that, given the topic we're on, that does look like a, uh, an iron boob on the wall behind him. It really does. <laughs> One of Zena's best plates or something like that. Yeah, so 1996. They were sent up into space the year Damon Hill won the Formula One world title. Right. You must, re- you must remember it from the time. <clears throat> yes. Princess Diana arguing against landmines. Damon Hill, Formula One world champion. Uh, Oasis, the biggest band in the country at the time, and Khan Noonien Singh, deep frozen in space. So, do you think it was oh, yeah. Oasis that sent him up and that made him go into space? Clearly, could, could, could deal with uh, he just, the Gallagher he just, brothers. He, yeah. maybe, maybe he was he, he was, was kind of blur and thought, no, yeah. I can't cope with this. Yeah. <laughs> if it had been '97, I'd have understood because, like, be here now was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Also, in 96, there wasn't a Bond film out that year, so he's like, oh, I'm going to wait for the next one. But obviously, too late. Hey, they, were, they were plotting the next year's masterpiece, though, weren't they? Either that, or he was so offended by Goldeneye, watching, he was like, I can't take this anymore. Ep- watching episodes of Superman going, yeah, I'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll be alright. He still looks good, though. There's, um... Cardo. Mr. Khan. Yeah, your screen crush. Obviously, no, in the, in the original one, obviously not so much now, but it's like when there's, you know, quite... It was, what, in space scene? Well, it's one of those things, obviously, you know, because of his heritage and everything, he sort of ages quite well. Some some people do, some people don't. And he's just got those good genes, you know, so... But he wants to be in, like, a big 80s rock band, clearly, with the, with the hair and the bandana and everything. Of course, Walter Koenig has just sort of stopped wearing his wig in real life. Oh, really? And it's really weird the first time you see it. I mean, he just looks like an older man. It's nothing wrong with it. It looks normal. But he wore, like, that hairstyle, in, in quotes, till about eight, two years ago. <laughs> Still in fashion. So I've, I've probably been mispronouncing his name all along as well, so apologies for that. What, Walter? What, can't? <laughs> no, <Cody>. Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, yeah. It's alright, you just have to have been a fan of Space 1999 and the Commander Koenig. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. The whole point of him on the show in terms of appeal was Davy Jones from the Monkeys. Mm. Yeah, there was that kind of as, you know, aspect to him, I think. Another thing really was Russian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Monkeys were. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're biggest spies. Hit. You must re- you must re- you must remember their biggest hit. The state informs me I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is gross. Jed, he's really sweaty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who's really sweaty? Or Winfield, I think she meant Terrell. Yeah, sorry. So, Becca, you tell me that the one uh, black character in this film sweats a lot. <laughs> well, compared to Koenig, he's quite sweaty in this scene. But then he's nearest the camera, so... Yeah, but we're not racist, Chris. None of the rest of us had even noticed he was black. <laughs> I, 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 I might have overcompensated there to prove my point. I forgot his name, that's why I didn't say, I'm sorry. Paul Winfield, he's called in real yes, life. Paul Winfield. Well in yes. this. Mind you, I don't think he gets referred to by a name much. I mean, you, you wouldn't necessarily pick it up. No, I think... Having said that, I'm three episodes into Westworld and I don't know what everyone, anyone's fucking called yet. No, same. I, just, I'm, I don't pay attention to any of that kind of stuff. I'm like, hmm. Um, I'm, you, I'm just said I was a bit slow on the uptake. Only just all significance of you know Robert Ford and everything would be mm. set. I was like, mm, obviously. It's like Tom Cruise had to start putting his fucking character names as the title. Okay, we might have had. To, I don't know what the last thing we said was, listeners. We've we've spent ages trying to get back to the right place. We had some technical issues and we lost a load of the recording and Chris disappeared and. But we thought he disappeared here because basically the slugs are about to go. Basically, the slugs are about to go into the ear, and Chris liked it. <laughs> so we thought he'd gone off to like shit his pants and then blame it on technical issues. True story. No, not really. You just you just can't take the sight of a real man's chest. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it now, I sort of I can't believe Sweeper actually thought it was like prosthetic chest it was like actually like a rubber chest he just put on it no this is real chest i just love where'd you get one of those you probably mold one out of i don't know out of what CGI. out of arnie out of <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger maybe no what, what you got there is a 28 year old um uh, model with uh head like, put on him yeah. This is all um, basically reused shots from the, the long sort of beauty shots from the first film. <laughs> it's very sexy. There's always something really gross about that. About what? About the fake ear. Yeah, it's gross. It, is, it, it looks, it's obviously fake, but it's just so like, oh, makes me... Yeah, why couldn't they stuff it into a real ear? <laughs> no, it looks so, it looks blatantly rubber, but it still kind of looks a little bit squeamish. Health and safety. Well, actually, it doesn't un look unlike the sort of powdered, cakey makeup effect that he wore in the sixth film, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's Shatner with his glasses. And again, this is um, Charlie made the point in the review about how much more naval this film feels than anything that's gone before. I think you see it here. Just like a retread of the uh, the first film, wasn't it, when you just like stay on longingly at the Enterprise. They're on the ship now on my version. They're yeah, on yeah, they're just yeah, 26, 27 minutes up. I was yeah, about 27.05. <coughs> Close enough. No, they're actually in the torpedo room. Yeah. Where they meet um, uh, Scotty's nephew. Is it his Scotty's nephew? nephew. Yes. Yeah. If this was um, Orsi's script, we, it would be much, much more obvious. He'd have grey hair, bottle of whiskey. 
Scottish Killed. accent. Red jumper. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd ring old Spock up in the future to say, yeah, uh, yeah, who's this guy? Is that Scotty's nephew? Yes. So <laughs> <sighs> they speak English. On, yeah. On, um... Yeah, if you watch the lip movements here, it, they are saying literally what the subtitles are saying. Plus, it's overdubbed in the Vulcan. Speaking they managed of, to get. Sorry, go on. Speaking of Into Darkness, what's what would you say is the worst part about Into Darkness that you you hate the most? If you could, if you could even choose, like one, uh, one it wouldn't thing exist. About it. It's a terrible film. It just wouldn't exist. I don't know how you start to unpick it. No, but if you could like sort of like choose one thing that just annoys you the most about Into Darkness, what would it be? That's a real tough one. Probably because the reveal, because it's not really a reveal. But it's just the obvious thing is lazy. The obvious point is don't make it calm. But yeah. I don't think it's a massively better film if it isn't calm. No, the, but the, but the thing is, is is that. I mean, Star Trek's been accused of, of kind of being lazy before uh, with some things. But at the end of the day... It couldn't be asked <clears> to respond to that charge. The, no. no. The, um, it's not the fact that it's just Khan. It's the fact that it's Space Seed and the Wrath of Khan just put together lazily. So you didn't have... Whereas obviously Space Seed was 20 years, not just... I mean, 1966, so 1982, so almost almost 20 years later. Yeah, it was late in the first series, so it's about different <laughs> yeah. than the last one, yeah. Whereas literally everything in space, in uh, Into Darkness, was so. Well, he was so, brought out to freeze a bit earlier because he had time to fucking build futuristic spacecrafts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. like what Starfleet already have, just bigger. And so... It's kind of like, but they're at, they're asked. What they would do is just asking the fans to fill in the emotional um, subtext there, without going actually making an effort to make the film actually work on its own terms. The film, the film doesn't work anyway, but it especially doesn't work if you haven't seen Wrath of Khan, because yeah, the second half is offensive on that level that they're even yeah. repeating dialogue and stuff and it's just and what the, are you doing and the bit where they reverse it um so obviously uh older uh, what's his name um quinto Yaz khan. Yaz khan and the only good thing that's ever come out of this has been that um that gif they did where they uh, made it <laughs> when he's shouting screaming when he drops a uh He's doing one of the, you know, the claw games in arcades. Yeah, yeah. And he and he drops something, and it, and it shows him screaming. Which I mean, is a the, headline. It's a, film, it's a film that cured death and made of Star Trek uh, starships obsolete. Yeah. I mean, it's just that dumb as thing. fuck. And it's patronising the whole thing where Spock and uh, Uhura are having an argument um, throughout the whole. Uh, yeah, like it suddenly turns into George and fucking Mildred. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and what was the whole point of relieving uh, Pine of, or Kirk of the captaincy for about four minutes? Yeah, again, he, he doesn't learn anything from start the first Star Trek, which was ridiculous how far and how quickly it got 
got him into the captaincy anyway. Yes. And then all of a sudden, it's the same thing over and over again. And then when you get to the end, the end, it's the exact uh, mm. exact same. Um, when you think there are countries on this planet where if you go and like sit with your cross legs, uh, your legs crossed, and the soles the soles of your shoes showing towards somebody, that's a grave insult. There are countries where if you finish your, finish your plate, they'll assume you're saying you haven't had enough and put more on there. There are cultures where you mustn't physically touch somebody, like shake their hand or anything. And that's just on this planet. The, 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 there has to be a passage of time. You can't just throw someone into the captain's chair. He'd start galactic wars kind of quickly. Oh, There's a difficult balance, isn't it, to strike? What, between being a fucking imbecile and writing <laughs> something a bit smart? Doing something right, you know. Yeah. And not anyone, and not anyone in that film looked dressed for a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> and they made the captain's oath the uh, the log line. Oh yeah, so who is that? An oath? These are the voyages. That's what I know. the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> that was just. Well, yeah, Captain So. So, if you're a deskbound captain, <laughs> these are the voyages of my office. It's <laughs> <laughs> continuing mission to like piss around till five o'clock and go home. <laughs> oh, it's a bag of shit. <laughs> Not convinced. Glad I asked. <laughs> so that's uh, that's our uh, Star Trek Into Darkness review done. Dusted then. Oh hush, Davy Jones is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Davy Jones. <laughs> He's trying to a picnic. <laughs> you never see them in a room together, so. Hmm. I don't know how that would even come up. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose in a Batman episode or something. <laughs> Maybe. What's going to be your long lost twin, Davy Jones? Oh. It's the Space Twins, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so for a bunch of science oh, geeks, they are like pretty, you know, toned up, aren't they? Well, like, 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 well, like a guy with like the sleeveless shirt, literally. Like... Yeah. <laughs> do you mean? Do you mean the people creating Genesis, or do you mean the crew? Yeah, the the, the people creating Genesis. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, they're quite muscular. Yeah. They probably masturbate furiously given they're in deep space by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they might have a holodeck we didn't know about. I don't know. Or a massive onboard gym. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly always thought she was leaning in to kiss him, though. <laughs> you know, Jim. He, he is the shat. It's all about how she can't resist him, really. That's the secret under, you know, the narrative of the story. It is a bit I do love this. It? It's just like I how she comes this. in and goes like, huh? With her hair down. Oh, Jim. <laughs> I've just been cooking in the nude. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the dialogue might be different if I wrote it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we yeah. need to do like an alternate no, commentary. Do you like no. rewrite? Yeah, do like our version of the script and do yeah. it instead. I love how Dave doesn't do a subtext. <laughs> It'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. <laughs> and then in comes Bugs. I've been naked cooking as well. We've all been an ale. And it's kind of like, oh, fuck that. I'm just going to grab this phallic fucking thing here. That looks it. On the original ships, it, it was like a knob hanging down the thing. It was something hanging off the wall, wasn't it? Yeah. Literally. Well delivered. You should walk off dramatically now. Nice work. Good job. Mm. Now, the mixture of a former lover and dodgy VHS quality should really get Kirk hot under the collar here, I think. <laughs> no. They're still very cathode ray driven in the future. They are. What is it with that? Mm. Never mentioned anywhere else, BB, uh, Carol Marcus, except obviously, obviously the, it carries on into the next film, the whole David storyline. But there is, if you're listening to this and you, you've only ever seen Wrath of Khan, haven't watched a lot of Star Trek, you're not missing anything. There, there isn't, there's no precursor to this. Why, why do you think she doesn't get mentioned elsewhere then? What's up with that? Um... The reason behind it, or I think it was written for this storyline. I mean, I don't. I, the, if you're asking why it wasn't mentioned, say mm. before, well, that's entirely why it wasn't mentioned before. It it wasn't. It didn't exist in anyone's minds, really. No. Um, in terms of why it wasn't mentioned afterwards, I think it served its purpose with David's story arc in general. Yeah, no, no narrative need. Yeah. Yeah. They're animals, Jim. They're dying. Can I come too? No, <laughs> just wouldn't, wouldn't no, work. No, you can't. Do you think Spock's just been the victim of a practical joke? Someone's glued his fingers together, <laughs> and, just, and he doesn't want to look stupid, so he just can't move them, Jim. Yeah. Seeing the shot with, like, you know, I think he's done kind of like um, the choice of the camera just sort of going around the room. You wouldn't mm. necessarily think think of that, you know, for just like a shot of like people talking. It's quite sort of artfully done, I think. This is art, Chris. I know. I'm I'm realise I'm uh, I'm behind, but never mind. <laughs> I've got what's my time? I've got eight oh six seven. Yeah. More or less I'm about a second behind that. None of these scenes have any missteps, really. Yeah, there's no fat no, there's there. No, it's all bit quite lean then. But it's there's never a I don't like that scene. Charlie, you just slipping into watching it. It's concentrating hard. Mm. Where's Spock's medallion he had in the first film? <laughs> medallion man. Or it from Bones in the first film. So yes, yeah, that's why I wonder, well, this film definitely is going to be on all our top ten, pretty much as well, top five. 
for me, definitely. I was going to say there's only been 13 films. If this could make <laughs> yeah. it to the top 10, it'd be a problem. Well, when we do, do our, you know what I mean, when you eventually yeah. do our ranking film. you know. Top 13, I think. Ranking <laughs> episode. Top 13. I, 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 think, I think my number one is just going to be the biggest surprise since I named Honor Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service. My favorite <gasps> no. Shocking world. The internet will just explode. You'll break the internet. They didn't even need Charles Gray in it. No. <laughs> His cross-dressing abilities. Eating mud pies, double seven. <laughs> mud pies, double seven. <laughs> I can't do it. It's funny. Charlie, are you there? Yeah, is he even there? Is, is Charlie gone? Oh, he's coming back again. All right. He's making a quick voyage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to do, but... To the bathroom. Was that a, co- was that a quick captain's log? <laughs> Just a little one. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was log. supplemental. No, that was literally my uh, my daughter having some uh, malfunctions with her equipment. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but her iPad. <laughs> Wi-Fi things, as oh, like no. Chris had earlier. Um, I mentioned this in the episode, but again, uh, <clears throat> originally design, they designed the Reliance orientation to be like the Enterprise, so with the uh, the saucer and then the cells at the top. Yeah. But when they sent it to, um, I think it was either oh, Half Bennett or Lenin, Lenin Boy, um, who were working on a film in Israel at the time, um, he uh, looked at it upside down and signed it upside down and agreed it. So he sent it back and they had to redesign it upside down. Oh, wow. But it's, it, it's really nice because it has a real, it still looks like a Federation ship, but it looks completely different to the Enterprise. Has there been any other like uh, starships of relevant? Because I know uh, obviously the Excelsior was. The, the big one in, in the in the pictures in the, in, in, the, in the main films, but what, what about in the um, original series? Was there like another other prominent like starships? No, there were well there were several ones, but they were all same as the Enterprise. Because yeah, like... there was um, one called the Defiant um, in an episode, and yeah, so they they were basically. Um, Exactly the same model as the Enterprise, just repainted with uh, with different decals to uh, and a different registration and name. You do hear a reference in the films to the Yorktown. That would, the, the Enterprise was very nearly called the Yorktown. Mm. It was going to be the Yorktown under Captain Robert April. Yeah, and there's a uh, there's a, a a thing as well where supposedly. In Star Trek Four, when they had the new Enterprise at the end, um, it was supposedly rechristened the Enterprise, but it was originally a ship called the Yorktown. Yeah. Um, but that's never been considered official because it was from a model kit of the yeah. Enterprise. Uh, yeah. So basically, it, it's not like they just built them an Enterprise really quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not like in Beyond, where it's just done in fast forward. <laughs> yeah, and they stand looking out the window for like four years. <laughs> yeah, 
I love that scene though. That's I love the scene, but when you think in the first one, three years before he gets on the ship, it's kind of half built in a shipyard and he yeah. goes and has a look at it. And they look out a window and say, Are we ready to get back out there? And it's like <laughs> gotta, they haven't even started building the fucking thing. <laughs> This was groundbreaking effects at the time. Mm, this was, um, Just gosh. like a view to a kill. Look at those fucking graphics! <laughs> <laughs> Literally cutting edge, it's as kind, you said. It's kind of like Tron, wasn't it? It was. If you look at it now, I think fucking hell it's dated. But, it looks but, cool, though. I mean, like now, there's a thing for sort of well, like I think retro. Tron still looks really cool. They probably it does, it really does. I mean, it's obviously dated, but it still looks just like the virtual. Look. I, th- I think in well, it's like retro, you know, sort of in fashion now. I think in concept, yeah, right? but I, th- I think Tron actually looks, I don't know, it just looks very like of its time. Sure. But, I mean, the, the remake's obviously a few years old now, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, the, uh, about the, five the years, new, years old. The new one, yeah. Really yeah. God, the, the digital Jeff Bridges looked horrible. The DJ yeah. bridges look terrible. That doesn't come off very well. The design it? of the film generally was good. But the, mm. oh, yeah, that was poor. The, uh, the, originally, um, if I remember correctly, this was actually um, Pixar that did this. Yes. I the, thought it was ILM, but you may well be right. Because Pixar was the, the computer generation, computer animation arm of Lucasfilm. Well, it was founded by George Lucas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they sold it, I think... Not long after this. Yeah. So is this like... I like... Is this the first Sorry, thing Pixar did then? If you're going back to the history of Pixar. Or like, or what was the first... I Pixar thought Steve work? Jobs had Pixar at one point. Yeah, no, he, was, he was definitely involved, wasn't he? Mm. I don't know, but I don't know if he was just like, kind of like a, a financier of it or something at one point. Could be, so I don't know. They originally did some kind of um, just experimental stuff, nothing, nothing big, and then they started working on films. So it used there was to be, yeah, Tin Toys, the first thing I remember of this. Yeah, so but there was this, and then there was um, Young Sherlock Holmes, the uh, the Knight, the Stained Glass. Oh, stained Glass, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you will hear that ILM did this. But again, it would have probably been under the banner of ILM. Yeah. It would have been basically the Pixar team. Yeah, we have the uh, the, uh, the obitual Bones and Spock having a massive row. It's not really a massive row, is it? Well, it's, 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 it's just always working Bones that gets angry. Spock bones just gets a bit worked up. Mm. And again, in the, in the director's cut, he gets a bit more worked up. Do, do, you ever get, um, do, you, do you ever get the sense that like Spock kind of deliberately just antagonises him a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do. Really, you must learn to govern your passions. <laughs> He's been around humans long enough to know yeah. that, like that. That's the equivalent of going, "Calm down, dear." We'll <laughs> <laughs> see you in the holodeck. <laughs> Oh, it's got all his family around him. Oh, 
it's quite funny because come the end in Cheers, like Rebecca was like a complete fucking mess. To <laughs> see her playing a Vulcan's quite funny. I always preferred Diane anyway. Oh, I definitely did, but I think the um, we've said this on a previous show. I think because we keep talking about Ted Danson, um, I think the show only ran as long as it did because they freshened it up. Yeah, I do like the Kirsty Alley years as well. There was a period of time where I thought it was only Kirsty Alley. I didn't realise there was a was it was it Shay Long. Shelley Long, yeah. Yeah, Shelley Long. She left to be a big movie star. <laughs> was, was it the money pit? She was a... Yeah, she went to be a big movie star. She, uh, she In an alternate universe, her and David Caruso <laughs> were fucking huge. <laughs> True. Careers. She was in a couple of good films, though. To be fair, David Caruso made a, you know, a good career anyway off uh, CSI anyway, so... Yeah, but that was like that was like his second chance after he burnt all his bridges the first time, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because I if, I remember him ram in the first Rambo. He is. So, he's in he first is blood. Man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> says one of the, uh, the the policemen. Was he one of the nicer ones? No. Yes. Not well. Define well. He's... Relatively, they're all. Pretty... Yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember there's, there's usually like the this trope of like there's the one that is actually. A young and and not as like as hard up as the others, so he's a bit kind of like, is this right? Yeah, guy? He was a bit, yeah, because yeah, he he was the one that brought up, I think, his kind of his record or something like that, and that Rambo was kind of like a war hero or something like that, or had come from the war. For all the sort of violence in that film, the hardest bit I found to watch first time I saw it is when he stitched his own arm. Mm. But yeah, Shelley Long did leave Cheers for like a movie career. And she did like Hello Again, The Money Pit. Money uh, Pit was actually quite good. Money Pit's alright. And uh, she did uh, Outrageous Fortune with Bette Miller. Bette Midler, which was quite a good film. Have you all seen that? I must catch uh, that's two lots of twins, isn't it? Oh no, that's mm, big business. That's big business, yeah. I don't think I've seen any of them. The vague star, another Star Trek link there, obviously with the Shakespearean title. What big beast? <laughs> no, um, I just fortune the other one. Beverly <laughs> Hills. Yeah, it's not big business, obviously. The money pit. <laughs> oh, he was quite slapstick, old old Will. <laughs> um, again, the going uh, to Shakespeare, the original title of. This film was the undiscovered country, which was rejected. Then they called it the Vengeance of Khan, which again they changed because at the time um, Return of the Jedi was called Revenge of the Jedi, and then yeah. Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Jedi changed its name to Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> but by that time they'd already changed it to the Wrath of Khan. Then they changed it to, to "Fuck You, George Lucas." If you watch this, it's about. If you were, if you watch the film on seventeen millimeter, if you're ever lucky enough to uh, to see it, it's just called 
Star Trek the Wrath of Khan. There's no two in the title. Oh. I should prefer. And I think I prefer the title Wrath of Khan rather than like the Vengeance of Khan. Yeah, Wrath is quite a, a catchy. It is. It's more punchier. Whereas Vengeance is is kind of a bit more long winded. Very well suited to my accent as well. Nothing like the Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. Um, the Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. Yours. In Aberdeen, you say Wrath. <laughs> in that voice. In that accent. The thing, is, the thing is, my accent, you can't help but sort of lengthen the vowel. So, you, you know, you end up like there's four A's in the word. <laughs> um, which means you, you find yourself overcorrecting. You find yourself in like. You know, a baker's asking for a pastille. <laughs> right. Faxes like... him over Abacab. <laughs> there's like, there's Raf or Raf. So yeah, it depends Raff on how you pronounce it. To be confused with the Raf of Khan, obviously he's just got like a collar on with. <laughs> Elizabethan stylings. <laughs> That's very good. I like that. Clear the bridge. Do you know they've only went on the bridge just to be told clear the bridge because they're all like midship. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just crewmen. Like, clear the bridge. What the fuck were you doing here anyway? <laughs> Get out. You got no right to be here. Handing round drinks and fucking cocktail sausages. It's a place of work. <laughs> Party on the bridge. No, sort of. Just stand around, look like pretend to be doing something. Arbitrarily turning knobs. Yeah, it's like uh, what Dot D will say. Just, just you, just pretend. <laughs> just, just, just lie down. Just fall down. <laughs> just yeah. Just, I have to do those sometime. Just, just, just pretend you're working. Yeah, keeps me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Specs again. Oh. I love that moment. That's great, isn't it? That's my really, they should they should just crumble into fucking dust, seeing that they've been around a time loop infinite times. <laughs> if you look at Star Trek Four, he basically sells them like two hundred years earlier. <laughs> basically, for because he said, "I'll get them again." They were a gift, and they will be again. So two hundred years later, like he'll buy them, he'll get them bought for him. So they're on an infinite loop. Getting older. Yeah, <laughs> until they crumble. Mm. In the, uh, the future that has no money. Yeah. No, cashless society. <laughs> but he'll still look good in his chest. Pay. Wait, how, how do they pay for stuff, obviously? I don't know. We don't, do <laughs> Everything's just uh, free. No. It's all free, y'all. Which is fine until you see people like hoovering. <laughs> it's just like, how would you get him to do that? I mean, yeah. he's going to wipe old people's asses because it's like, you know, it, it's mind expanding. There must be some incentive for it. And and what do they do with trade? Because there's clearly other people that use money, other races, well, the and other planets. Ones do. And the Ferengi are all about yeah. money, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, money grabbing bastards. Yeah, because there's a bit in, is it First Contact, where he says... We didn't have money in the twenty first. In there, he says the economic of the fuse of the because he was saying about how long it took her to basically yeah. build that little sort of cockpit on the Phoenix. Yeah, 
Um, and how did you afford to do all this? Because he's showing her around like the, the Enterprise E. Yeah, and he gives the Roddenberry, oh, oh yeah, everyone works together in the future and there's no money and nothing mm. and no poverty or anything. And it's yeah. like, did none of you see Deep Space? Clearly yeah. <laughs> not. Yeah. But unfortunately, old people have to the access and the places really need to Uber. Yeah. Just think about this. There's not a moment in this film where uh, Khan isn't absolutely pissed. Like, seething with rage. Yes. Not the British version of pissed. Yeah, no. He's quite he's really, really yeah, he's angry. Not, he's not on Romney Nail, though. No. Once. No. Sadly, this is the future, but the wagged off, not fingered hadn't been invented. Alternate future. It's an alternate future. They're missing out, seriously. I doubt they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably not, actually. <laughs> Pretty fucking. It's better better for it. We did have a fo- we did have a photo from a listener of a went off not fingered and all the ingredients. I wonder if the actually Simon. No. Oh god, I hope not. I don't know, but they they, they had they a couple of those ingredients. Is I think it Simon they or Tom? Bought. I can't remember who it was. It was but yeah, they, they bought all the ingredients for it, didn't they? And sent us yeah. a photo. I'm, I'm hoping that person doesn't add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> New drink ideas for. <laughs> yes. Impress Obviously, your you know, friends that... at your dinner party. At <laughs> your parties. <laughs> that, was, that, that was our cocktail for Bond, so now we need a cocktail for Star Trek. So we have to come up with a. Uh... There's no alcohol. Robin and Ale, what else? Yeah, I know, okay. but you can't actually get Robin and Ale. It's all very well saying. Really? We'll Just, really wicked. Just call it. Yeah, BWKD. To... Window lean. <laughs> Blue WKT <laughs> You'll go blind. Okay, people don't drink Windowling, whatever you do. Also, other WKD is available. A couple of volunteers. No, other beverages so. are available. Yes. Sponsored by Bourbon's Biscuits. <laughs> Bourbon? Bourbon <laughs> biscuits. <laughs> it's bourbon soaked in Jack, De- Jack Daniels. I just discovered it. It's amazing. Anyway. Back to the film. I wonder if there are any actual kind of Star Trek drinks out there you can get. I imagine there are. Yeah, there must be. You can probably get like a rum and ale cocktail, but it's just made out of, I don't know, blue dye or something. There is a the, uh, cookbook. It'll be blue bells and something, yeah. I know there is the... Um... Book, it really blots its copybook by having fucking Neelix on the cover. <laughs> Aww. Well, I know there's the whole Axanar thing, and uh, one of the things they were doing is to, to raise funds was selling coffee with the Klingon logo on it. And, and then said, "Oh yeah, we're not not doing any right breaking at all." Oh, <laughs> maybe they forgot a bunny mop. 
Yeah, I've got a th- the thing with fan efforts for me is that I, I don't want to get in the rights and wrongs of it necessarily, and or whether it's right or wrong to sort of encourage people to be doing that sort of thing. My only issue with it is it's not canon, therefore I don't give a fuck. Mm. I don't care. I don't care about fan films. They just don't count. They could be brilliant, but they don't count. Just like the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, exactly. Just you know. <laughs> Some and Star Trek Into Darkness. Fortunately, that is efficient. We may not like it, but it is. I think I've seen it since the ultimate timeline. I've got to go back and watch it again. The timeline without picnics. The Kevin timeline. The Kevin timeline. Oh, God. Well, it was known as the JJ verse. Then he didn't do the third film, did he? No. So it's totally named after the Kelvin, because that's the event that changed the timeline. Yep. It's the Kelvin timeline. I suppose technically is JJ verse, though, isn't it? Because he's still producing. Well, yeah, but having said that, I mean, Kelvin's the Kelvin was named after his dad anyway. There's always a Kelvin reference in all of his films. Yeah. If you watch the latest Star Wars. There's a ref Ray makes a reference to Kelvin Ridge. And I'm assuming she doesn't mean, you know. It's amazing how rats even get like JJ's dad's Kevin Ridge. It's amazing how rats end up at Saw in deep space, isn't it? And at no extra cost. Um, I'm presuming it will have come in with supplies. Yeah. They probably don't beam everything. It's kind of brutal, this, uh... This, was this the scene that, well, that made it a 15? I would think so. Unless it was Khan's tits, of course. Gratuitous <laughs> <laughs> nudity. Very pert, though. <laughs> or maybe Shatner's wings made out of beaver hair. What's Charlie now? It was reference to tits, he couldn't take it. will be back in a minute. He does some excellent listening in this film. He does, doesn't he? Who's that? Actually, You're managing right? to get. Um... Hello, was anyone here? Hello. No, Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> he listens well. Listen. Charlie, are you back? He put creatures in our bodies, apparently. <laughs> okay. Well, that explains why he disappeared for a couple of minutes. You had to sort that shit out. That's that's Chekhov's uh, latest kink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it. No, just Kurt, just hold me. Look at it. <laughs> that face. Yes. Look at that face. Just hold me, he's, thinking, he's thinking wistfully of their future together. He respects that. I'm just looking at long for iron. But look at really like yeah. Was he in the terminator? Good on. It's kind of freaking me out. His face not changed for the past like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's now it's fifteen. 
Oh, there we go. Like right. There's shock and there's thinking of cock, and I'm not quite <laughs> sure which one he's doing. Combination of he's really in the moment, isn't he's, he? He's really in the moment. He was. So's uh, so's Captain Terminator cop bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Alternate names for the captain. That one double is a good disco, I reckon. <laughs> like the uh, sparkly effects. Hmm. I mean, Bose should be in his element. In fact, he should whip whip his kit off just to reveal that he's wearing that stuff from the last film. <laughs> And, and, the beard, and the beard just instantly grows on his face. I'm a disco diva, not a doctor. To be fair, I can't think, and I'm only going on the films here, but I can't think of a moment where Bones actually does any anything like medical at all, other than try and save the Klingon in um, Star Trek Six. Well, in the oh, in the film. Oh, yeah. In Star Breaking Trek up a little 4. bit there. In Star Trek Four, yeah, he, uh, he he cures uh, yeah. kidney failure. Yeah. In the original series, he seems to like watching men exercise quite a lot. There's an awful yeah. lot of like yes. physicals go on where they're like doing that fucking like laying down rowing thing, feet, you know, yeah. um, cycling thing with their feet. And he has the beds with the uh, consoles at the end of all the gadgets on there and all the light things. What gets missed as you get through this film is how brave this is and how Kirk this is as well. This is a punt. They've got no idea really what's at the other end of this beaming. Oh yeah, I think I think we we're saying this everyone before. Like they could literally just like beam into like rock, couldn't they? Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, all right. We don't know how this is going to come out in the final recording business, but we are having a lot of problems with, particularly Chris and Charlie picking up this evening, but I didn't even know the dating. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole cliffhanger thing. That's why yeah. they keep disappearing. They're having a bit of a tip. <laughs> no, they're having technical issues. Mrs. Wax might have some words to say about that. Speaking. <laughs> That's Chris on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, David goes nuts. Uh, that's a it's all right till uh, till Chris and Charlie like keep agreeing to go camping or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, David. The last time. Oh, look at that up. for a fight! Classic Shatner elbow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've shagged her. Not me. I'm doing. Really, Dave? That's Kirk's thought bubble there. Is that or? We'll just stand by this massively phallic <laughs> topic. <laughs> mm. 
What is that around his wrist? I, I, I just saw him saying it's harder than you think, Doctor, and then go and then go and then crippled towards his waist. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I imagine it's some sort of listening device that's like that's what's attached to him. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's not on him for anything else in the film, is it? So that's his ankle bracelet. Angry face. <laughs> He's got, he got an Asbo in 200 <laughs> years ago on Earth. Asbo. <laughs> really? I mean, all Kirk's got to do is wait till 7. PM and he's got to be back home anyway, <laughs> so just <laughs> just wait it out. Back to the old people. Yeah, one of those stories you see every now and again where the old where the old people get an aspo <laughs> for being old people. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> just think if I'm he, trying here. Just think if he just like not shot himself, he might he probably would have oh, lived. It would, it would have come out of his ear, and he would have been like, "Yeah, I'm all right." Oh shit! I think I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> no, study it, Kirk. Kill <laughs> it, it with fire. Well, you can't study. At study the fire. <laughs> Study something is what Gene would have wanted. <laughs> not to study, oh, not to bring back. <laughs> do, do you think Gene Rodemy was just a bit like pedantic in like because because it wasn't necessarily his vision? He just like was kicking off about any old thing. It does seem a little bit. I mean, when he started coming out with the Khan character was better in Space Seed, and they messed him up here. It does come off as a little bit like I've got to say something more than yeah. I, I just I don't know. What was Khan even his idea in the first place? The other thing is, the other thing, yeah, yeah. I, mean, well, I don't know, don't know that it was his idea, but it was on his watch for a series of the show. Um, and if he's very defensive of that version of it, then I tend to think it probably was. But the other thing with Gene Roddenberry was he had um, issues with alcohol and drugs. Um, so you're not quite sure what state he might have been in when he was saying these things. Um, particularly later years, he was very, very unwell for the last couple of years of his life. Now, is it just me, or is that hair slightly less saloon quality than it was? <laughs> Considerably. It's still pretty impressive, though. This is all, it's all his, yeah. though. Red It's coming. Yeah, he was allowed it's to take it. Look at that face. Oh, thanks for counting me and Becca. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, Khan was, was created by Gene uh, Kuhn. Um, yeah, Gene was, was very dominant on the show in the first season. Yeah, wow. and arguably as much as an influence on the original series as, uh, um, as Roddenberry, really. Yeah. And uh, also created the Klingons and Zephyr and Cochrane. Uh, 
Wrote episodes. Uh, he wrote the Devil in the Dark, which is uh, obviously one of the one of the best episodes around. Is that the one where they fight the Romans? That's the one with that's uh, Balance of Terror. The one, the oh. Devil in the Dark, yeah. is the is the Danger Rock carpet. Carpet yeah. rock. The Oh yes. Then then he realised yeah, that, that actually is, you know it's misunderstanding about everything and they could work together. <laughs> Spoil it. Becky, you've started watching there. Next Gen, haven't you? You've started watching some Next Gen episodes. Yep. <laughs> cool. That, that opens <laughs> an excellent <laughs> conversational opportunities, listeners. Hope I've got, got as far as. Hope um... you enjoyed that. <laughs> have, you, have you experienced the scant yet? No. <laughs> no, but yeah, I've got Oh, the yeah, male skirt. Crazy. I think that's encounter at Farpoint. But I think it's good. I've I seen that one. That's the first one, isn't it? So yeah, it's crap. And um, wolf's hair goes up and down, which is weird. Um, I've got as far. No, it's not distracting. It's not like he's. Stood there. <laughs> I think. I think in the, the next generation is, is, contains the most costume, not costume changes, but uniform changes of the whole series, as far as I'm aware. But there's only one big change, really. No, just in terms of like where they go from, obviously, like I don't think like, not unitards, but kind of like one piece. Um, and then obviously there's well, a seam down the front, the, and then a seam the, down the back, and then. And the ones that they they wore in the first two series. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Patrick Stewart's chiropractor said you got to stop wearing this because they were a couple of sizes too tight for everybody anyway. Yeah. They so they were bit... developing back problems, and the other thing is. Um, it's like the it, I just <laughs> so basically it's it's made out of material that like if you sweat in it this, you'll never get the smell out at all. No, basically they all hummed after a couple of series. I bet I can imagine. Is, is that the one you always had to pull down? Uh, no, that's when series three when they go to the sort of it looks much yeah. the same, but it's got a collar on it. It's a bit more comfortable. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the Picard maneuver. You, you see like the join down the front of it as well, but obviously in um, I just literally finished watching. Um, the best of both worlds, part two. Obviously, where they kind of well, I think part one they do is up into the future, don't they? Um, and the design changes again. I mean, it's all the colours are the same. The, the it's, just, it's in a different way. Oh, in the future, the, if you were talking about them going into the future, that's all good things. Oh yeah, that was it. Sorry, yes. Yeah, that, that was just what can we knock up cheaply? Yeah, what can we uniforms because the future uniforms look really cheap in that. They do look a bit tacky, but um. Mm. Yeah, just a brief, just a brief one. But now, literally, there's also there's episodes that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll come to. But yeah, so I've got as far as um, yeah, best of both worlds, part two. Does a really good series. Good, um, oh yeah, absolutely. A good series I don't know overall. After, um, family. Uh, it sure. was at its peak between about three and six. About three and six. Um, three was where it really started to improve but that gets a little bit overstated because it's um it's got some great ones in it but when you get to it like yeah four five and six really when it's when it's at its peak yeah it really hits its stride yeah, but, i mean yeah. that's that's like my era of star trek sort of thing that i grew up mm. with and my dad got me into and things like that so yeah it's probably a bit confusing with the uh um the uniforms as well because in generations they kind of some of them wear the uh standard you know, yeah. the, and then suddenly where the deep space nine 
Yeah, mm. which yeah, we thought were just for space stations until Voyager started wearing it as well. Yeah, and then it kind of crossed over to First Contact where they introduced the ones with the grey on it. Well, they basically, they, I mean, they had a different sort of um, finish to them, but broadly speaking, the vests underneath were coloured and the yeah. sort of um, shoulders weren't. And in sort of the previous iteration, it was the other way around. Yeah. And uh, there was an actual kind of in, in between um, the, um, the, uh, the toys. Yeah. Which is what a lot of toys and even this whole thing with Ray figures and the whole Star Wars thing is that toys are made so when the actual films come out. They have to be. Often so many things. Yeah. Apologies about the uh, the Wi-Fi, um, the Wi-Fi, the internet connection, folks. The uh, it keeps you know cutting out here and there. So yeah, basically, if any bits have cut out, just just imagine we're saying both things that are both wise and curious, and yeah. you'll get the gist. <laughs> So, the explanation for the Kobayashi Maru, which, even if this film didn't go first, this is better. Yeah. I, the, I, I always think it's better not to see it. Sorry. It's ridiculous. I always think it's better. Yeah, the Kelvin version is ridiculous. Yeah, because we... it's. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to argue it's a different Kirk, that that's a fair argument, I guess. But the attributes about him that made him do that, the way he does, he describes it here, aren't in that Kirk. So no, that Kirk, was, no. and and the thing is, he didn't, he didn't beat, he beat the no-win scenario. He didn't beat the Kobayashi Maru per se. It's treated like something Kirk's failed a couple of times in yeah. the new timeline. It's not a pass-fail. That's not what it is. Beating it is not saving the crew. He didn't beat the Kobayashi Maru. He just pre- presented his solution, which effectively beats the no-win scenario. But it's, which is, and which is the way to way. beat the Kobayashi Maru is not to... Um, it, it isn't about beating it, basically. It's basically about sticking your fingers in your ears going, no, 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 I don't believe in it. No, no, no. But it's uh, it's right down to the, the whole thing with, obviously, Spock designing it and all this thing. Mm. Um, and then Spock saying it's all about fear. How can you fear something that you know is not real? And all of this thing is like, oh yeah, it's about fear of the unknown and all this rubbish. And it just, it just, that's the, that's my main issue with that that film and Into Darkness to a certain extent is that's thankfully absent in Beyond is that both Kurt and Spock just sound like gigantic pricks, and they just really come across as people you don't like. Spock is just this really kind of annoying smug 
Um, teacher's pair. It's quite in the first one, but I, I am actually quite happy to see that as part of the sort of learning curve of, of life, if you like. I mean, the 2009 film I will be quite positive about, but there is oh, yeah. no, there's no getting around the fact that it's written by fucking imbeciles. And, yeah. and, the, and the problem is, Orsi is reportedly a huge Star Trek fan. Kurtzman is a fan, slightly lesser. He's involved with Discovery, but he's at one step removed, if you like, because yeah. he's put Brian Fuller, Fuller beneath him as the showrunner, um, although he is involved in writing the pilot. But again, it's with Brian Fuller, not with Kurtzman. There's something about the Orsi and Kurtzman writing together as well. And you just think, well, if you if you are supposedly that big a fan of Star Trek, how can you fundamentally misunderstand something from arguably and widely acclaimed the best film? How can you yeah. misunderstand what that was I mean, telling that... us about Car- Spock's, uh, Spock Kirk's character so much? Mm. I mean, the whole, the whole the whole kind of contrivances about Kirk and Spock in that film, anyway, are just yeah. kind of where it's kind of designed to. A, a story about them mm. and kind of nothing seems to have changed in the next film um, it's notable that um, other than Into Darkness and 2009 there's only one other film in this series that has been written by a fan and that was Nemesis mm. I thought it was re- Wait, that was John Logan yeah he was a massive Star Trek fan John Logan, who's obviously written for Bond as well, uh, but it was directed. But, but it was directed. By, but it was um, it was um, directed Nemesis by Stuart Baird. Baird, yeah. Who's better known as an editor? He did it. Talking of Skyfall, he, he edited that film, and he's back to being, you know, now. But he he, yeah. he almost did, seemed to have disdain for the material. Didn't he edit Casino Royale as well? Yes. Yeah. And I he did Skyfall because yeah. I just mentioned Skyfall. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And but he edited yeah. stuff like like Lethal Weapon and, and the Omen and things like that. Uh, he he did work for Dick Donner because I think he I think he edited the Superman films or certainly the earlier ones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. he does the commentary with uh yeah. with, with Donner about it. Terrific editor. Really, really good. Um, I think if you asked anyone in Hollywood to name an editor, his name would be very near the top of the list. Yeah. Either him or a film machine maker. Yeah, obviously Martin Scorsese's long-term um, editor. So now we're reaching the uh, the climax. Don't don't those um I don't know they look like kind of like streaky bacon they've got on the on the on the end of the sleeves there. David, just why would you? You're indoors and it's temperate. Why wearing jumper over his shoulders? What the hell? He's going to play tennis in a bit. Yeah. We're going into a nebula. I'll just let me go get my sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Chilly out there in that nebula. Well, it, it, it might get chilly. You don't know. He's prepared, isn't he? Mm. Do, you, do, do, okay. you, do you think he should have like tied it around his waist rather than like over his shoulders? I, I, I don't <laughs> think where he ties it is the problem. 
Apparently that had been round his waist and looked like a pinny. <laughs> Having said that, he's you know they're fighting a crew of people wearing you know chairs. <laughs> Yeah, but the Chippendales wearing rags. I don't know why you're thinking the, uh... about the Chippendales, Chris, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the guy who plays uh, Joe Chin, um, his uh, Khan's right hand man. Um, he d- he has no credit in the film. Um, the actor's name is called Judson Scott, but basically. His agent um, fucked up, and uh, he that is such was big trying to negotiate for. He, he was trying to negotiate for credit for quite a big credit, and just ended up with no credit at all. Due to his agent. Is that being rectified now? But obviously, it, um, still... Bob Geldof got his credit as well. Um, yeah, no, well. no. It's no, it not. won't be. The deal is the deal is the deal, really. I mean, it's yeah. the same with... I mean, with, there are so many of these over the years, actors getting ideas above the station. It's part of the reason uh, we don't see Kirstie Alley in the next film. It's the reason uh, Crispin Glover is only in the first Back to the Future film. There is, There's a lot of it over the years. Terrence Howard with Marvel. Um, actors asking for more money than the studios are willing to pay. And I'm sure there are examples where what they were being offered might well have been an insult. Um, but it, it's notable that they do normally come off worse. They do normally, you know, recasting's always an option. And as it's- hmm. Yeah, the only thing I can maybe think of is um, in the special editions styles, did they reinsert, um, did they put James Earl Jones's name in the first one? James Earl Jones asked not to be in the first one, though. I don't know why. I can't remember why, but James Earl Jones didn't want a credit. Mm, but when they did the special editions, I can't remember if they put I don't, it back in. I, I don't remember at all. Maybe it was in yeah. case the film wasn't a hit, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. know if there was a bit of that. I mean, I think a lot of them thought they were making trash. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was something to do with that, perhaps. They thought, oh... If it becomes a hit, then what happens? I mean, the only one, the only one who took points was um, Alec Guinness, ironically, because he mm. was really embarrassed by the film. Um, but yeah, he t- he made a it's, lot. It's of probably points. like the biggest, one of the biggest stars, wasn't it? I think at that yeah. time. He would have I, been I, 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 with Peter Cushing. Yeah, I'm seeing an interview with uh, James L. Jones where I think he said he didn't take credit because he was only doing the voice. Ah, uh, right, of course, and yeah. Not, not the physical. Not the physical presence, okay. Yeah, perhaps he didn't, he didn't feel it right seeing as he doing a voiceover rather than... Yeah. Which is why no one is credited in Toy Story at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, several, several years prior. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I see his point, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Got a thing our poor David Prowse, eh? Always gets overlooked. Oh. Yeah, although it, it, I, I, I had to look twice the other day because his Twitter account is like at Darth Vader or something. And and it's got the blue tick next to it. And I was thinking, <laughs> they verified that as Darth Vader? And then I glanced <laughs> at the picture and it's David Prowse. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Turned down for verification. He, he, he no, he doesn't. He doesn't need any. He could have gone for Green Cross Man or something, couldn't he? Yeah, he, he could have been. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, tick next to Robin McDowell's. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be gutted when that clears and it's Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> It's a standard reception for Channel 5, isn't it? Or maybe that's I did mean to Channel 5, but I, I, but I suddenly thought of Channel 9 and the way that used to come in on the Fat Show. Channel 9. Bonnerless, did they? Channel 9. Butros, butros, butros. Mythrologicus, Mythpaula. Scorpio. I like the morning. I tried to find the clip. Chris Waddle. The one where she had to the one where she had to report on a cloud. <gasps> yeah, that was hilarious. And like, they went into like national fucking mourning. There was a picture of <laughs> like, the disaster. Disaster, big one black cloud. wasn't even a black cloud. No, it was like a little grey one or something, wasn't it? A cloud. <gasps> That's hilarious. Now this makeup, when you see his face in a minute, is brilliant. And actually, I don't think I'd ever really noticed how much of the underside of the ship has been ripped away there. No. Because mm -hmm. your eye's taken by the nacelle being knocked off. Aye, sir. Some more top dialogue there for... Uh, for <laughs> oh, okay. to... oh, he'll... Still got his glove on, Look there. at that. That's the Oscar shot. For the Oscar this year. I like how he's still caught the, the reliant, even though Tasty should go, Khan, is the Enterprise? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting this is a 15 as well in the uh, in the UK. And uh, I think it might be a 12 now. Yeah, ratings have seemed to like tame down a lot more than when I get. In most cases, yeah, they're, they're... when it gets to the yeah, SS. yeah, the, the, the director's edition. Well, the one I've got is twelve, but yeah, because originally when it came out on video, it was PG, but they cut it, and then they released it like later on as advertises like the uncut version, and it was a fifteen. Yeah. In that version, fun. none of the crew were circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, ratings are softened up now because uh, you see some 18s and it's like, well, that was clearly would have been an 18 back in the 90s. Yes. Well, oh, yeah. Every, every, that's you, know, the... you know. It's like you have to do a lot of things. It's always A lot of things have gone down to a 15. I mean, uh, back in the day, the, the Terminator, the first one was an 18. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, yeah that, that, that's they... been a 15 for some time now. Yeah, because I remember when they shared it first on BBC2 and they cut it. And kind of like BCT, which always used to kind of show all the kind of weird art house stuff. And you're on about um, Alec movie Trump's yeah, movie dream, yeah. yeah. That's where um, I first saw it. Yeah, absolutely, and a ton of other great films, um, similar to that. But yeah, I mean the, the kind of, especially with like the twelve and then the twelve A, kind of everything that's kind of. Well, it's, it, it's neutered a lot of films because they'll aim for that rating 
knowing they can put some stuff back in for the home release. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Especially since it's always never been completely analogous to the um, to America anyway, where America Voice had the PG thirteen and the R, and then seventeen. But even like their R's was like. But then the even then the, the R is advisory. Well, yes, but yeah. their R is advisory anyway. You can get in with parents if you're seventeen. Uh, under yeah, so R you used to be essentially eighteen. Yeah. Um, uh, and then PG thirteen was kind of like fifteen or PG depending on the film. I, I, yeah. I think yeah. I think I think it varies. There were plenty of just, there were plenty of fifteens that are R's. I think I remember American Pie. Uh, that was um, an R. That was like an R rated comedy when that came out. But that was like a fifteen over it, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I and mean, of course. Six. It's really weird because they've got the N17, but everyone's frightened to use it because yeah. a lot of their theatre chains won't show them. Yeah, and it won't be advertised either. So yeah, because I remember like Dawn of the Dead when it was released over there, they just didn't, they went they took put it out unrated. Yeah, yeah, you can do it's voluntary. Uh, I remember the first NC17. It was Henry and June. I was a teenager. I thought that one out pretty fucking quickly. <laughs> Right, so Spock goes into the uh, chamber to, I, I presume, just kick the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> God. just hang on to something and kick it a few times. Yeah. I think he learned that more. I think Pine learned that move from Roger Moore. <laughs> I would have liked it if you just had a shot of like Pine watching Live and Let Die and having a light <laughs> bow movement. Spy, love me. He's like, oh, that's a Roger move. Yeah. I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming when we do the Into Darkness commentary, we'll just talk about Wrath of Khan all the time. Uh, well, we're not doing a commentary for that one. We They actually asked for 09 of the listeners. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I thought so too, actually. Because I just thought, if you want, what, what, what's better than destroying a film than destroying it twice? <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. Yeah, as you watch it. What, what impressed me about myself with the die another day one is I thought I'd said everything I got to say, and then we did a commentary, and it turned out I had a bit more. <laughs> I think I called Madonna a vacuous twat if I remember. <laughs> How could we forget? Well, you know it's true. <laughs> it's just it cuts around the crew you you get you know Sulu's looking a bit stressed Kirk's looking strangely fairly relaxed and then it cuts to picnic boy what's he <laughs> doing there <laughs> he should be he should be playing cricket or eating a scotch egg now Charlie says cut, Charlie says not like the adverts Charlie says, always look both ways before you cross the road. <laughs> Never uh, trust anyone with a mullet like that. Uh, yeah. That's a um, blast from the past, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we're really showing our age there. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Um, what do I say, Dave? Uh, that uh, Khan is already dead before that blows up. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see what you mean Chris there. was complaining we don't see him die. Well, it, it, do, it doesn't... I mean, I just watched it now and you can see him start going like... 
but you don't actually see the proper. Ugh, um, yeah. It here's here's my death ball, you know. Yeah, because for all we know, he might have survived that. I know, but usually for simple yeah, if, if, it, if it was now, he just kind of he, he'd like that in his eyes to be looking at his face. Yeah, and then one of his people would come along and, and close his eyes. I, 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 it's probably just my dumb expectations of, of like movie tropes that I'm just used to, but I'm just always accustomed, like, when you see a character die, uh, you, you you should see it rather than, like... You, know, if you it's see like, them die. If it, yeah, but if it's off-screen, it's like, well, did he die? I don't know. You know, there's a sense of, you know, definitely, like, finality, you know, they definitely died because we just saw it, you know. Charlie says, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> um, Char- Char- Charlie also says, always tell your mummy. <laughs> Here you go. I, I do. Know. She's I wonder if anyone actually remembers that. With me. Well, I do. Well, we do, obviously. <laughs> no, but like, you know. Or, or at least the prodigy. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't tried to remake it for hipsters, actually. Yeah, that's true. I'm just posting it on the Facebook page. So again, no no reasoning behind it. Doesn't no explanation as to why. All six short films. Charlie. What's that said. guy doing there? It's like, Hang no on. The wonder cook gets relaxed. God, I've never before. You're obviously more attuned to getting blowjobs than I am. In the future. <laughs> that, that's, that's why he slides said. down the door. I thought it was great. He's just <laughs> literally shagged out. That was Scotty's other nephew. He's a fluffer. I don't think he's even undone, undone his zipper either. So it's, his testicles must be like flat out against the screen already. <laughs> Actually, it should be it should be like the man with two brains. You just hear a crack. <laughs> you ever seen that film? Mm. The man with two I've got brains. it, but I've not seen it. I don't think. Steve um, Martin. Well, I won't. I won't explain the whole film, but he's getting a bit sexually teased by um, what's she called? The actress Kathleen Turner at one point, and then she basically says, "Can't wait till next week," and he's already turned on, and he just <laughs> walk, he just walks over to like the French windows, and you just hear a crack. Basically, he's broken one of the little panes of glass with his dick. <laughs> well, the other thing I remember, which. Again, has stuff from uh, Star Trek and David Warner. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, he's in that film, yeah. Is, is yeah. the bit where he says, I can't fuck a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Which, out of context, just seems enough, really. And I love the fact it's like a castle, but it's a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. it's, got really, it's just the way they've decorated it. It's got really thin papery walls. <laughs> Great film. It's not as good as The Jerk, but it's nearly as good as The mm. Jerk. Brilliant, those two. Are we ever going to include these in our review series? Steve Martin movies? Steve Martin comedies? You lose the will to that's... live after about 1984, though. That's <laughs> yeah, what, what was the, I don't, the last good one he did? Was it I, did like that. I, found, I liked Bowfinger. Yeah, true. But that was a long time oh, after. This is a really yeah, wrenching scene. Let's try that again. I don't think he's trying to be funny anymore, is he? Really? 
I mean, it's a bit weird that, that they did see. Pink Panther. It was just like, what? Why? That was a bit odd, wasn't it? Yeah. What does he do these days? Is he, he's more of like a writer and a musician, isn't he, these days, I think? I mean, he just makes jokes on Twitter like every other one. Yeah. I've always wondered if he, uh, if that was deliberate from Shatner to not be able to not mimic the, um, just the Vulcan salute. Yeah, trying to do it like I think it, it would almost look too tidy if he did, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's like kind of, you can't even, yeah. Reset. Yeah. Oh, they put a tablecloth over it, that's very nice. Another bit of dinner. <laughs> David's got rid of the sweater, mm. but uh, she's, put, she's but she's put her coat on as a cape. And Savick's <laughs> got her hair down. And she cries yeah. as well. Always a bit yeah. worrying when you find her like half attractive. <laughs> I don't know if it ever actually made it in. I mean, obviously, it's not mentioned, but the, the fact that she's basically half folk and half Romulan. Yeah, it's yeah, never I think that's why it's never really explained, is it? Yeah. yeah. Was there a reason so why... So that could be why she's... Was there a reason why it was meant to be half folk uh, for a Romulan? Or was it just like... I guess because she's emotional. I don't know. She... Yeah, she. I mean, she's largely Vulcan. She's chosen to live as Vulcan. Mm. Again, it's one of these things that when when he's uh, Nicholas May has asked about her crying, and he again, it's one of these. It just seemed the right thing to leave in. Yeah. Kirstie Alley. They didn't. It wasn't pre-planned. It might have been by Kirstie Alley. She might have thought, "Well, I'll do that," but um, they just decided to leave it in. There's no. There's no message in that. You know, it wasn't like if Savit comes back, remember she was crying there but obviously you can hang it on the fact that she is meant to be half Romulan but then you don't see a lot of Romulan tears in other episodes to be fair no uh, later on it was kind of more established how I mean was it, I don't know how established it was in the original series that they're how close they actually were to Vulcan um, in terms of well they're clearly close I mean one of the things um because I know, obviously, Balance of Terror played on that with yeah, it does Spock and the uh, the, the Romulans yeah. and the racism category there. It was a big mistake in the Next Generation to give them sort of slight bumps on their foreheads. They should have left them looking literally like Vulcans. Yeah, I really like this scene. Yeah, yeah this is a beautiful scene. He's still without the sweater. Shocking. Obviously not going on a picnic. No. So, uh, looking at the, the best of Steve Martin, I'd say Free Me goes up there for me. The Jerk's my favourite film, which is literally his first real starring role. Mm. Uh, I, love, I love him in um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oops, yeah, he's good in that. Although it's a, almost an extended cameo, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah I really like fun. all of the... Oh, that's quite... Yeah, that's my yeah. one. That's really my one, I think, yeah. Um, all of me's really funny. Although the 
Planes, trains. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> All of these are really Planes, trains is brilliant. Do you want yeah, that's a classic. I think. It's the bit where he finally snaps over his parking reservation, his car reservation. That's like that's, that's got a really kind of sad, tragic streak running through it as well. I think that's quite a really interesting film. But yeah, I think yeah. probably Dead Man the Way played and then uh, Platt and then Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I think. Do, do a series on Steve Martin and John Candy films. That might work. They got Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which they've made a musical out of now, haven't they? Oh, yeah! Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is good. That was a remake in the first place. Yeah. It was. The remake of a remake. Uh, Parenthood. Uh, nah. LA Story. I've seen that for years, jeez. My Blue Haven. Heaven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Is that alternate title? <laughs> My shaven haven. <laughs> and then, then it goes more serious with like Grand Canyon, uh, Father of the Ride, uh, Leaf of Faith kind of thing. That's, that's where it starts to kind of go. Leaf of Faith, that's a not very good film. I've, I've always, always interested in watching it though, because I've always, I remember it like being advertised when I was younger and never watched it. I'll have to add it to our watch list. Yeah. But you say it's not very good. Oh, here we go. It's been a long time since I birthed a planet. <laughs> <laughs> which has, oh, oh, McCoy, you know, and, which has now got its own son, which is handy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon that young ensign's back on duty? <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I would have loved there to have been a sort of. I would have loved this to have been like a TV series for not this film. I I wouldn't want to lose this film. But had they gone sod it, let's do a TV series of it or something. That would have been interesting to see. Just they were still young enough then. I there's no mm. reason. I mean, it's not an action franchise, and it would it would be a, a, it would be a job that would reward experience. So I don't mind them being an older crew. It's getting a bit far by six, but you know they're, they're being a little bit older. He's about fifty here, Shatner, and that, that's fine. What, so can you just continue on the series as like an aging crew? I'm, I'm just saying that I would have loved to have seen like week in, week out adventures with them, mm. with this aesthetic, with them at this age, mm. with sort of, you know, <laughs> more sort of 80s and 60s stars. I mean, I wouldn't want to get rid of the original series at all, but I'm just saying it would have been lo lovely if they had done like a second, second uh, I guess run. The, the budget is and the budget will be huge on yeah, this, I imagine. Not only, that, get... not only that, he is doing TJ Hooker at this point. Yeah. Because you think about when they were doing when they started phase two and everyone was in the same uniforms as in the original series. Yeah. And it was very much kind well, of some of that budget is already some of the lifting for that's already been done by the fact you've done films. Well yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah. I don't think at this point they'd even figured out what, what was coming next necessarily. No. 
tend to sort of focus on each film as a, as a company, don't they, really? It's not successful enough to do anything else, really. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not unsuccessful, but it's it's not... These are not, by and large, big hits. Yeah. It's interesting that this is never read by Shatner in any of the films. No. Is it all his spot, then? It was, yeah, because yeah, it's only in the... Uh, He's and, the only uh, one who has to take the oath. And the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the captain's That's an oath. And the uh, the beginning of a... Uh, Describing what you're up to on your ship, that's an oath. <laughs> yes. Have we mentioned Star Trek Into Darkness is fucking bollocks? <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm still pretty much on the fence, but I think when I co- obviously when I come to watch it again, I'll be like, actually, this is shite. So, what, Becky, you're on the fence with Star Trek. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not on the fence, but obviously, no. But obviously, having seen, obviously, because I saw so it. You have to decide whether it's fucking bollocks or not. No, <laughs> no. I, obviously, when I saw it in cinemas, obviously I, I hadn't seen Khan or indeed Space Seed first. But obviously, now having seen both, I'm now like, hmm, actually, it's shite. But I'm going to need to obviously. I haven't seen Into Darkness since the theatrical release. I I'm actually going to see it again. Not at any point think, this doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> well, generally it didn't make sense. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was just literally, you know, obviously along with both of them in, in Spectre, it's like cinema's worst kept secret of, of the year. But um, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll watch I, it again but like, with fresh eyes now knowing what I know. I'm still going to be like, mm, yeah, actually this is crap. I, I don't know whether it's just me being biased, yeah. but I think the, the Spectre is far worse. Just just on the on the same principle, because have you not learnt it from, from what happened with Star Trek Into Darkness? <laughs> you know, it's just like on okay. the basis yeah. that it's released two and a half years later. Yeah, yeah. I I think, and, and the fact that it's called Spectre is the dumbest thing in the world. It's like it's you know, it's like having Khan and hey, the title. Of... Who could be heading this secretive society called Spectre? <laughs> I know. I guess yeah. It 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 depends on. Yeah, your uh, your affiliation, because yeah, um, because with Spectre, um, it's kind of it's a huge dignity because well, for me personally, Skyfall was so good, and um, but because I love Star Trek so much and this film in particular, um, uh, uh, Into, Dar- Into Darkness is just. I, I think Spectre is a better film than Into Darkness. I think it probably is. I'd probably say the same. Um, Spectre, for large parts, is is watchable enough. I mean, it's got a reveal that ain't that good. Tonally, it's a step backwards. I I do get all of that. But, like, it's a reasonably passable Bond film. Star Trek Into Darkness, from from fairly early on, is so stupid. I might have mentioned that. (laughs) That was, like, quite polite for you. No... I, I actually quite enjoyed it when the last time I watched it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure whether I enjoyed it in spite of itself, uh, but I kind of as a, like a, an entertaining blockbuster, it kind of flowed quite well. Uh, but that's not to say that there aren't issues that I still have yeah, with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, even, I've when, seen... even when it first came out, I still had I had, I had an issue with the fact that it was Khan. I had issue with the whole, you know, obliterally a fan service of Spock turning up to tell us all about Khan, and I really didn't like the... Which uh, we weren't there to see. 
and wasn't relevant at all. Yeah. And the whole, like, Khan thing, I just, no. Whole... I've seen a lot of terrible films in the cinema and several terrible Star Trek films in the cinema. Um, but Interdarkness was the only one that kind of abs- abs- actually physically um, made you angry. Made me just shove my head in my hands because it was so stupid and so terrible. The bizarre thing, it, it's not guaranteed I'll actually put it bottom. It's just the one that angers me most. Oh, it's, it's definitely it's not. Necess- for me. It's not necessarily the same thing. Is, is it? The, is it the, the the film? And I'm not just talking about Star Trek. Uh, film, as in all films, that angers you the most. Me? No, I wouldn't say that at all. I I just my my overwhelming initial feelings when I walked out was I waited four years for that. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, I just thought, oh, they take it a bit longer. They've really got a good idea here. You know, and uh, nope. It, it, um, it's it's kind of how I feel with the new Bond film as well. You think, oh Jesus Christ, you couldn't come up with something better. If you're gonna like take your time over it, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have shut that out six months later. Yeah. <laughs> but as I say, I was never, I wasn't that angry about it. It's when I start talking about it now, and it isn't for effect. Genuinely, as I get into it, I get annoyed that they spunked all that money on it on a series that. that the future running of this series is not guaranteed. It doesn't make enough money. And then they throw 225 million or something at this film. And not only is that an insane amount of money to spend on a Star Trek film. And I mean, it is insane. It will never be big enough to justify those sorts of budgets. But you've, you've done a rehash of the best film in the series, which shows in some respects, a profound lack of respect. And the other thing is, they, they think what they've written is really clever. Orsi started arguing with fans on Twitter. Mm. you know, And he was saying, well, it's got more meaning in it than, and started naming film like, films like Raiders. And I'm thinking, well, uh, firstly, Raiders is, is, is a B-movie by definition anyway. Um, but also, it's just like, yeah, this is not in the same fucking, remotely the same class. And, but and having said that, I, I go and watch like Star Trek <clears throat> Five, and I'm bored shitless. So yeah, we'll see. And also Peg, Peg as well. Um, when um, well, massively miscast for a start. Yeah, but when they when when they slated it, and they um, he came out and kind of said the fans were all idiots and uh, that mm. kind of thing. See, I actually liked JJ's that, response actually. when he That's made the first angry. one. When JJ made the first one. And there was lots of talk about it. He said, you know, he actually said, if you are really going to get that angry about, you know, a different timeline, a different thing, taking it in a new direction, he, he did say, just don't go and see it. He said, this may not be for you. It may not be for everyone. And when you put it in context of the fact that, like, Star Trek was pretty much dead at this point, I, I can sort of see why it had to go somewhat in this direction, hmm. which is why I'm kind of all right with 09. In fact, I'm more than all right with 09. I like it a lot. But Into Darkness, yeah, four years later, and it's just really half-assed. But it's just the originality of it. It's like I I felt going in, I mean, everyone's like, oh, they're going to do Khan, aren't they? And I'm like, 
kind of yeah. I kind of don't want them to because just just because of the fact that mm-hmm. oh what see it's the second film so obviously he goes to Khan I'm just think well what's let's do something that's different yeah you've just that. wiped your own you've wiped your own slate clean you've you've opened up the opportunity to do anything you like the the Enterprise could fly in a completely different direction and move to meet different races if you yeah. want you know anything you want to do you can do now you've wiped the timeline and then you go and basically rehash but it, it wasn't even that i mean yes i think it's wise yes i think it was always going to be bad if you go that route but it wasn't oh it is can fuck this will be terrible i i was i still was like okay well let's just see it let's just see what yeah. they do take it for what it is it is that the script is so spectacularly stupid and the first film gets by on it gets by because it's not as Defensively stupid. Um, it doesn't have the writers' politics bleeding into it in the same way. Mm. And just from scene to scene, it doesn't make any sense. And frankly, if you're Aaron, I, it might be a universe thing, but if you, you're either, if you've made starships obsolete and cured death, you are either dumb or arrogant. You're either too dumb to realize what you, you've just done, or you're arrogant enough to think that you can make such an irreversible change. Or a change that needs to be, frankly, fucking ignored to get you through it. Because th- that is just a spectacularly stupid thing to do. And it and it smacks of writers that have done it at the end of, like, a run of success. What you think of the films, by this point, you've got, like, three Transformers films out. And they're doing, like, Billion and all the rest of it. And, and they've had a run of success. And by now, they're starting to believe their own hype. And they think what they're writing is terrific, despite the fact all the reviews of all of these films have highlighted the scripts as the worst thing about them. J.J. Abrahams has some talent. Unfortunately, he's aligned himself with these bellends. And Mm. I'm so pleased they weren't involved with Star Wars. Oh, God, yes. Can you imagine? And, you know... You know, or they gave Orsi the director's chair for for, for Beyond. It wasn't going to be Beyond at that point, and the script he turned in was apparently fucking awful. So they fired him. Do, do you know what was actually the script was about? Out of curiosity, I actually think they're going to reuse elements of it. I think, um, I think it was uh, the whole George Kirk thing. Oh, okay. Uh, but I got a feeling there was some Klingon War stuff in there as well. I've never read it. I don't, don't know. And he might have changed between things that, that were talked about. But they had the idea for the next film very, very quickly. And I think it is that they're going to reuse elements of it. But what he turned in, they didn't want and they fired him. And it couldn't have happened to a bigger twat. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. When you start arguing with people, I know Twitter's a nasty place. and But, I mean, he actually got abusive with people. To the point that he deactivated his Twitter account. He actually did put his hands up and say, I was out of line there. And fair play to him. But he was like, he would say things like, you know, that's why I get to do this job and you don't. Like, he thinks he's, like, really good. Because um, I no. remember at the time it was uh, Damon Lindelof who got, like, most of the the blame for the script. Well, D- Damon Lindelof um, wrote on it as well. And Damon Lindelof is famous for not being able to fucking end things properly. Um, but but Damon Lindelof actually does engage with the fans and actually has a proper conversation with them about it. Mm. To the point that he, he actually almost tried to do too much. 
So whilst I don't think he's a fantastically talented writer, for example, the bit in Into Darkness where she strips down to her underwear for no reason at all other than, Fwah, look at that. Damon Lindelof openly talked about that on Twitter and said, we were wrong. We shouldn't have done that. We've, we've got that wrong. Because I, I only think that was in there just to, just for kind of like, oh, there's a little bit of uh, sexual tension. It was in there for a shot in the trailer to imply well, possible. I think yeah, but in terms of the plot, I think it was only literally sort of all for the actual sake of the story because that that is essentially um, the Kirk's love interest, you know, quotation marks. It was like a well, well I, you know, I know it's it's, well, it's, it's there because of, well, like a bit... a, of like a kind of romance they're not going to get into just yet. So maybe in the future film. Really? All right. I'm not saying it was well done. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that was probably the reason. I'm not saying it's a good reason either. But but as we, when we talk through it, we'll stop now because obviously we've got another show to do on this down the line. But yeah. the whole structure of doesn't make sense. I mean, on individual scenes and the things we've talked about, like beaming and, and death and all of those things, they all hold true. But as you go from scene to scene through the film, you think, well, there was no point for that scene. Why did you do that? And why did you go there only to get back there? And it, it just, you just think like you've got three minds on this, and for everything I've just said about them, they must have a modicum of fucking intelligence. They've made it in this industry, and between them, they've they've created and written some quite popular things. I mean, Damon Lindelof was quite involved in Lost and stuff. And you think the three of you, and you can't even see how that doesn't make sense. So anyway, yeah. Arthur Khan's finished, by the way, folks. <laughs> Yeah, we've kind of rambled on. Yeah, a bit I more. hope you enjoyed this commentary of Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like it at every opportunity, but yeah, I mean, the, the spoiler alert is it will not necessarily. It's the film that angers me most. It's not necessarily the film that I'm least likely to put on. There are there are several Star Trek films, the weaker ones that I'm not that desperate to watch. Um, See, but if, you if, know, we all, if we all we, came round we, now with like a. Uh, with a few beers and say if yeah. I went, hey should we put on in Starless you'd be like yeah alright then yeah because I'd rip the piss out of it whereas <laughs> if you came around and said let's put on Star Trek 5 I'd be thinking it's late I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> once I've laughed at his wig a couple of times I've got it out my system <laughs> anyway uh, anyway so next week we'll be discussing Into Darkness over the voyage home <laughs> so that's another commentary next week yeah we'll be still we'll be uh, talking about every 80s film ever <laughs> I guess yeah. all the 80s movies we'll try to get a bit of weird science in there why not that's another one I've not seen oh you need to see weird science which also has Michael Berryman in oh and uh uh, is it very young Jr. Well? Yeah. 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 Yes. It's like funny, too, if you look at Robert Downey Jr. now, and you look at him as like a young, very young man, and you go, yeah, I can see how he's grown from that into that. But you look at like Anthony Michael Hall, and then you look at him in The Dark Knight, it just doesn't look remotely the same person. No, he didn't even recognise. I was like, yeah. is that really Anthony Michael Hall? What? Yeah. Okay, sign us off, Chris. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, Rafa Khan, folks. <laughs> um, uh, 
thank you for uh, sticking with us. Uh, are we doing uh, Twitter handles and all that shit? Or... We'll, we'll do them next week. We'll leave it on a cliffhanger like this film. <laughs> Tune we'll in next time. Find out no, I generally can't remember handles. if we do it on commentaries or not. I can't remember. But so it's been a while since we've done one. Probably do. Well, I don't know as well. And also, the, the one I remember best, I was so fucking pissed for. I wouldn't have even <laughs> known me a name for that. As again, folks, go and find our golfing commentary where you can hear a bloke get like very drunk in real time. <laughs> well, basically, basically, by the end of that, it's all anal sex jokes, which is completely different <laughs> from our normal standard. And I'd like to know, now having been to Stoke Park, I must watch Oddfinger again, and I'll probably have a new appreciation for it. Well, because you've seen a field around it. <laughs> no, because I've actually been to Stoke Park. <laughs> What, so you, what you, like, point at it when it was on and go, I've been there! I've been there! <laughs> that gives you a bit of, Yeah. It's like okay. in a living, de- a living day, it's like just got up and up the rock of Gibraltar. I've been there! <laughs> yeah. I like the living day lights. Yeah, so I know that's some hard hitting opinion there, folks. <gasps> I fell off my chair. <laughs> Starring Ted Danson. <laughs> Good night, Jeff Dean's twin brother that we never hear about. Yeah. Oh, thank, thanks, Charlie. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie, for joining us. Anyway. And uh, apologise for the uh, the choppy uh, connection. It was very kind of off and on and very speedy. But apologies about that. It's okay. Um. Hey ho. So uh, yeah, so I think you, I think he was apologising to the listeners, Charlie. I don't think he gives a fuck. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves us and leaves us, as you as you're finding out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, what's next? We ah okay, then I'll do that. Do you expect us to talk? We'll return with Star Trek for the Voyage Home commentary. <laughs>